We're going to talk to you. You are the initiate. You are the cause we be. I found out that I was actually getting a two inch by two inch brand with a cover as a man. We no longer under the laws of Moses. The world that we can start with violence and the violence shall take it by force. Coffee. And cults. <sighs> Hi, John. Hi, Sam. Hi, listeners. And welcome to Coffee and Cults, where once a month we meet, drink coffee, and talk cults, fringe religious groups, and new religious movements from around the world. Please be aware this podcast may not be suitable for all listeners, as it will contain strong language. And we've got content warnings today for, uh, I guess, murder and uh, just general other fuckery. Sorry, there was one of the there was the first swear word of the episode. Getting well, it in really quick at the start, Sam. Shit, yeah. Like. <laughs> um, hi, listeners. We hope you are all well. We hope you're having a a merry COVID nineteen. <laughs> we hope you're well and safe, uh, and that your loved ones are as well. We are in a as many of us are a strange new sort of half normalcy, half COVID middle ground at the moment which is mm-hmm. which is very strange uh, I'm, so we've both just finished work and as I finished work I don't know if I've mentioned before listeners so I work with students in the job that I do um, in person for some of uh, my teaching which means there is a certain level of COVID anxiety and as I was walking back to my office I was mulling over that anxiety and walked into the building to find that they had put red lighting everywhere so I walked into this red hellscape in the building while considering my COVID anxiety Um, but it's actually a show of solidarity with the arts that they're lighting buildings up in red of course but I was like what nightmare is this (laughs) what like like you'd find some sort of virus control I don't know people in hazmat suits yeah yeah absolutely it was just very uh very disorientating so that's what my uh, life is like at the moment. Mine's just constantly asking people to pop their nose back in their masks. It is amazing how often people do that. That is such a... I really don't understand. And also, like, some people, it seems like... I'm sorry, we will move past COVID-19 in a minute. But it seems like some people wear their mask over their nose because they feel like they'll look stupid with it covering it. But you're... Right, listeners, if you're a mask wearer who has your nose hanging out, your nose looks Both huge. Both of Sam's fists are currently clenched. <laughs> Why I can see white knuckles across the room, He's listeners. He's lying to you. But, like, their nose looks huge if they've got it hanging out of a mask. They look like they're like 40% nose. Some people are. 40% nose, good band name. <laughs> it's the name of my sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> so as you can see, listeners, we haven't changed at all in the time we've been <laughs> apart. Um, uh, but it's nice to be back with you again. If you like what we do, you can help us out by uh, liking or subscribing or rating or reviewing us on whatever your podcast platform or all of, of choice is. Why not? Why not all of the above? Treat yourself. Um, that just really helps us become more visible, so that other listeners can find the show. You can also find us uh, online on various social medias, including everybody's state surveillance uh, operation Facebook, facebook.com forward slash coffee and cults. Say what you feel, John. <laughs> uh, or uh, at. Uh, coffee and cults on instagram or twitter i have tweeted since the last episode i promised you i would one person followed us on twitter yes after that shout out so hello twitter tweet, follower thank you so once. much we appreciate you um but you can find us there if you'd like to support us financially you can do that on patreon and uh coffee ko-fi we'll give you the links for that at the end of the episode is that is that admin done are we admin we're admin that's it short efficient punctual Boom. Well, five minutes, but sh- shortish. <laughs> Better than some podcasts. Name of your sex tape. Way. <laughs> um, this is a podcast about cults. If you're a new listener, oh, we're no, going to no. get to that really quickly uh, now. Uh, when this month, Sam has gone away and researched a cult that she is going to tell us about. So, it, I mean, it's sort of a cult. So what I've gone for this time, listeners, is uh, I have focused in on a spiritual leader. So not necessarily the group that he runs, but how he runs the group, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, like a... Like a criminal spiritual leader. My mind now is just racing listeners with examples of groups and also thinking about how quickly we could gain access to a more robust legal team as Sam begins (laughs) this episode. So we're going to be, 
you know, we're only talking about things that are confirmed. Okay. We're not going to be talking about anything alleged. Everything is confirmed. Great. So we're fairly safe legal ground, I think. We'll get to it. Uh, so the, I think the first thing that I should let you know, John, is it is your right to know the fire that burns deep inside you. I've always suspected as much. And it is your responsibility to bring it to the world. I think there's far too much of people bringing fire to the world with their ridiculous gender reveal parties at what the moment. a bunch of pricks. We don't need any more uh, fire brought to the world right now. No. Um, so these, this is a quote from the person that we're looking at this week which I don't know why I'm keeping it secret because it's going to be the episode title. So like, this is just for you. The listeners already know it's who it. it's I'm, going to be. The anticipation is killing me right here, listeners. So today we're going to be talking about James Arthur Ray. John's looking at me in a puzzled way. This is an audio medium, John, so no one could see you. I can't, that mystery I can't start narrating my facial expressions during this podcast. You could have done Nobody a like, can stand hmm. That. <laughs> huh? <laughs> it's my, my, my only attempt towards a Scooby-Doo impression. <laughs> It was, it was very good. Uh, we'll try and take a picture for the Instagram, I think, of that. <laughs> That's just not becoming like, a thing dick. each month. A picture of John pulling a different... Sexy mandibles. No, what were they? Angry mandibles Angry last mandibles. week. Is That's all you're getting, listeners. Yeah. Join <laughs> our Patreon for the sexy mandibles picture. <laughs> You've got to deliver now. You promised it. <laughs> so, uh, James Alfaray. This is a quote from his uh, website. Because of his experience in building from humble beginnings and scratch, as well as rebuilding after hitting rock bottom post-terrible crises, James has the unique experience and ability to help those at the top, those on the climb, and those who must put their life back together to get up and climb again. Everybody. You could just say everybody. That is very bad copywriting. Yes. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if you spotted it. In that in that little paragraph was the phrase "terrible crises," and I thought that's what we like. <laughs> that's what we want to talk about. Yeah, let's talk about the terrible crises that happened to James Arthur Ray. So let's begin to maybe not a, cri- a cri- crisis. That's the that's the singular. Um, he was born on the twenty second of November, nineteen fifty seven. That in... doesn't sound like a crisis. No, that, we've that all been was, there. I mean, but I think births are, can be fairly traumatic. Yes, Not necessarily a crisis, though. Um, so he was born in Hawaii to uh, religious parents. Uh, they moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma, where his father was a preacher at the Red Fork Church of God, which just makes me think of like like a drive-in. You know, you go to Red Lobster and you eat your lunch and then you drive out to Red Fork Church. I was going to say, it sounds like a steak restaurant, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, doesn't it? Um, so James, uh, so I'm going to call him Ray. Ray claims he's had a, a poor, he had a poor upbringing, so grew up in poverty. He said that his dad was like helping the community, but couldn't afford to buy him and his brother shoes, okay, etc. Um, he uh, went to college at age twenty. Like I've not got much about his childhood because there's there's juicier stuff to happen later okay. on. Um, he went to college, but he dropped out uh, at the age of twenty one, just before getting his degree, um, and went and worked as a telemarketer for AT and T. He worked his way up in AT&T, which is a mobile network provider. You looked confused. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So he worked his way up there to become a staff trainer. Uh, And then while he was still there doing that, he started also working on the side as a motivational speaker in the early 1990s. Oh, that was such a 90s thing, wasn't it? That seemed to... There's been a really interesting... I don't know if you've seen it, like uh, Louis Theroux doing a retrospective. Oh, yeah. Of his career. And there are some motivational speakers and basically like pyramid scheme sellers, mm-hmm. allegedly, uh, featured mm-hmm. on that that he's recapping. But it's uh, there's just something so 90s about, I'm thinking Tom Cruise in Magnolia kind of motivational. Sp- oh, I haven't seen it. It's an amazing film, Sam. It is like five days long. Oh. But it's very good. And it's the controversial only thing i think tom cruise is really good in as an actor he is taking all the issues aside he is very good in it i wonder where he gets the ability to talk motivationally about complete rubbish i wonder what's lent him that skill or why he might identify with an angry motivational leader of people who seems unstable i don't know sam what a kitten mystery what an imagination (laughs) that man must have 
Um, but yeah, so when you say motivational speaker, I see someone with the little Britney mic, yeah. shoulder pads and uh-huh. a grey suit on a sure. stage in a convention hall. Uh, so I didn't I didn't get a picture of, of James Arthur Ray to show you, but I'll, I'll get one in a minute. But think more like um, like white shirt, unbuttoned a few buttons, tucked into a pair of beige trousers. Oh, like a like, Democrat politician trying to look down with yeah, the people. Like the sort of guy that might turn the chair around and sit with his leg over it to talk to you. <laughs> This is a terrible confession. For a while, I used to give talks for an organisation. Yeah. And for at least three of them, I sat cross-legged on a table at the front. Oh, no. What a hippie prick. I know. <laughs> I know. With the best intentions. So, uh, <laughs> James Hippie prick with the best intentions title of my autobiography. <laughs> yeah. It's true. <laughs> um, so, James Arthur Ray started his own company in 1992 which was called the Quantum Consultancy Group. That's the best kind of consultancy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it was it was a mix of uh, like spirituality, motivational speaking and quantum physics. I will narrate this reaction that I've just had. I literally yeah. just put my head in my hands. Okay. Yeah. So does that mean that if his... I was trying to make a quantum physics pun. If nobody's watching his lecture, he oscillates between being a wave and a particle. Is that what, <laughs> yes, is that what I means? think that's exactly it. Fair. And I also didn't know what you were going to say, and I'm very, very impressed that you came out with quantum physics. Well, I assume it's quantum physics. It's had the word oscillate in it, and you don't really hear that. Yeah, well, that's one of the ideas of quantum physics, which is endlessly abused by the new age, which is that if they're firing particles at a thing that has two slits in it they noticed that the pattern it would make on the other side when it was being observed by the scientists as it happened would be the kind of pattern as if they were the particles themselves were hitting and marking the other side i'm explaining this very badly i am not disclaimer i am not a quantum physicist <laughs> if that was not clear. if that's not a surprise <laughs> yeah. at this point listeners um but it seemed that when it wasn't being directly observed the mark of the pattern indicated that the particles were operating as waves instead. So there okay. was some way in which, at that micro level, being observed or not observed was changing the form of the thing. Cool. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's that. And then the terrible New Age interpretation of that is, well, that means your mind controls reality, therefore dream of a bicycle and you'll get one. So similar um, in the, the James Arthur Ray said that... Uh, Positive thinking could heal physical illness. Mm. So that's the sort of thing that they were going for. So he's really like like business focused at the moment. These are all kind of uh, like how to be, you know, leadership courses and business management courses. And These people are never actually great leaders, though, are they? I think mm. there's somebody I know who I'm sure will never listen to this. So I can say this. I won't <laughs> use their name. Their full name is. <laughs> I worked with an actor on something a long time ago, not anywhere near us. And they were a slight mess of a human being. They were very difficult to work with. And they had sort of, you know, as is the case with a portfolio career, they had a number of different odd little um, jobs. But then suddenly they started marketing themselves as a life coach. And I mean, no disrespect to any uh, life coaches listening. But in when I saw that advert, But you're about went, to disrespect them. <laughs> that is the last person I have uh, encountered yeah. that I would want to coach my life or whose life is together enough to coach others. And I feel the same way like about motivational speakers. They often seem to only yeah. get rich by telling other people how mm-hmm. to get rich rather than... Yeah, well, I mean, that's a, that's a whole vibe, part right? of the pyramid scheme, isn't it? That's a whole thing. Uh, not that he was a pyramid scheme. Genuinely wasn't. He was just doing seminars and, and that sort of stuff. So he w- he is still working for like AT&T at this point. Um, and part of, of his uh, reading material as a trainer, uh, he was told to read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Heard which was Sorry? Heard of it. Heard of it. Written by Stephen R. Covey. So James Arthur Ray updated his website in about uh, uh, James Arthur Ray updated his website claiming that he'd worked with the Covey Leadership Centre in 1996 and then a little bit later on his biography changed to say he'd spent four years working with Stephen Covey 
In 2009, a spokesperson for Covey said that they'd never worked. He'd never worked for them. He'd never worked with them. But he was saying, like, oh, I worked with his techniques. Oh, oh, weasel. This man is a human weasel. Yeah. No disrespect to any weasels listening. So, uh, James Arthur Ray, if you're listening, hi. Um, And also, you did say you didn't work with him, but later on. You see how that was misleading, don't you? So people had had been attracted to him thinking, oh, wow, he's worked with Stephen Covey. Um, So he leaves his job at AT AT&T at some point. I didn't really write that down. Um, But he's running seminars called things like The Science of Success. Great. Um, His company changes name to the Ray Transformation Technologies. And then it moves to uh, James Ray and Associates. Uh, They were... Well, I say they were. His company was just him and a couple of other people and he had a really high turnover of staff who would often leave. They would often be replaced. So he would have assistants and people working for him. Red flag. Yeah, slight red flag. Uh, So they, meaning he, was hired by uh, MLM companies, multi-level marketing companies, to talk to their affiliates. So the people at the bottom wedge of the pyramid brought in and get these science of success talks so he was employed by companies like Herbalife and Amway to come and speak to their Mm. uh, victims affiliates yeah teams so um (laughs) you know though like you said 90s thing loads of motivational speakers in the 90s right dime a dozen so he wants to make his a little bit more engaging So in about 2000, he started to introduce some more spiritual practices to... to Sounded air quotes around that, listeners. I tried to say it in a very sarcastic voice. Spiritual practices. I don't know. Was that a sign? John just looked horrified at me. It's like a cartoon. I was trying to work out what it was. It just sounded like a... I just tried to make my voice different. Sorry, listeners. Um, So the authorities became vaguely aware that, like, some weird shit was going on there, but... Not really enough to like pay massive attention, yeah, just yeah. to be like, keep an eye on that guy. So in order to like gather his spiritual education, uh, James Ray says he went and studied with a, a wise kahuna in Hawaii and a Peruvian shaman. He travelled to the South Pacific, the Amazon jungle. He climbed Machu Picchu. He crawled through more temples and tombs in Egypt than he could count to meditate between the what? paws of the Sphinx. <laughs> and he he was say, he said he was allowed to uh, just hang out in the Great Pyramid for three hours by himself. I think if I was crawling through multiple tombs and burials, I would remember how many in Egypt? <laughs> yeah, like maybe make a tally. Or maybe like a scrapbook or something. Or... <laughs> yeah. Dear diary, today I walked in 14 tombs. <laughs> or just tag yourself somewhere. I mean, you know, in say what you like about... What would he have been? Just text on his Nokia 3330. Yeah, that's true. But say what you like about Alistair Crowley. At least he remembered where he went when he went to Egypt. <laughs> um, I'd really like to go to Egypt, Sam. That's definitely on my list of places I yeah. really want to go. You'll go one day. Maybe. Or maybe in the kind of um, post-pandemic wasteland, we will it will be a free-for-all and we can just go and explore the world. Oh, that's exciting. And I shall, oh. I shall, what was it, meditate between the paws of the Sphinx? Yeah. What, what other paws is it going to be? <laughs> just like someone's dog. <laughs> oh. Um. So he learned in his, in his uh, year of uh, spiritual exploration, he that's learned... That's a lot to do in a year. I know, busy beat. I bet he got loads of air miles. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So he learned about philosophy, psychology, astronomy and astrology. Uh, Kabbalah, 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 biology, quantum physics, uh, mystery school teachings. I don't know what that means, but I found it and I thought that sounded fun. So that means that's like the tradition of schools that teach you spiritual wisdom, but they're secret. And when you join them, there are different levels of it. And as you go up the levels, you learn more or you learn. And then you cross the bridge. You come to understand (laughs) other spiritual systems are available. So it's like a, yeah, magical or religious, like secret 
teaching program that you enter, I guess. Sounds quite fun, to be fair. It does, yeah. If you run a mystery school, listeners, and you'd like Sam and I to be members, please do email us, coffeeandcults at gmail.com. Or we'll, like, like pay you for a Zoom class or something. Yeah, sure. Why we'll not? We'll even pay you. Yeah. <laughs> um, he learned about esoteric thought, shamanism, and more. How dot, did he dot, find dot. the time? You know, I finish work, Sam, in the evenings, yeah. as I'm sure you do. And I get home and at the moment I then have to do a little bit more work. And then it gets to about eight o'clock and mm-hmm. my brain and body just shut down. Yeah. I and can't imagine. All I can do is stare at the TV for an hour before I have to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine crawling through tombs in Egypt all day, flying to Peru, climbing up Machu Picchu, reading yeah. a couple of books on quantum physics, mm. enrolling in a mystery school. Yeah, it almost seems unfeasible, doesn't it? Almost. Or I just, like, really admire this guy, Sam, (laughs) as his can-do attitude. Well, you know, he is a motivational speaker. I'm sure some of his videos are available on YouTube. And you know what? I feel fucking motivated right now. So... Well done, Mr. Ray. I don't know if that makes him or you a motivational speaker, Sam, but I'm I'm feeling it. Uh, So in 2005, he had a big year, uh, he went to visit Mount Sinai. Okay. And at the summit, he had a spiritual epiphany where he received his own universal laws in a download into his journal, uh, which I assume was just kind of a free write yeah. situation. And he was in the same cave where Moses received the Ten Commandments. Citation needed. Yeah. Um, and also in 2005, he was interviewed by a person called Rhonda Byrne, who wrote The Secret. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, he was also interviewed for the film that accompanied the book. Terrible, terrible. If you don't know about it, listeners, the mm-hmm. secret, calling back to the stuff about quantum physics a minute ago, is basically the like the positive thinking that Sam said, is the idea that you can wish into existence whatever you want. So one of the yeah. examples they give in that film is, I really want a red bicycle. I'm going to just positively think about it. And then they get a red bicycle. Which... You know, there's a psychological thing about setting goals and that might make you more likely to achieve the thing. Yeah. You can't wish a bicycle to into existence. But what's so pernicious about it is that that sort of method of thinking for the secret is like, well, what does that mean for all the people who don't have anything? Does that mean that they just, they're just not wishing hard enough? Mm. And that's quite a poisonous yeah. thing to tell people that it's just that they're not thinking positively enough and that's why they're getting a bad deal because you should just be able to wish yourself a yeah keep that in mind john because that's going to be something that's irrelevant slightly okay. later um shit a red bicycle's just appeared in oh that... my god no it hasn't i, I lie Mr. you were wishing so hard <laughs> um so you know i said in 2000 he'd started to introduce these uh sarcastic voice spiritual practices I did very exaggerated bunny ears air quotes then. So these were dangerous, to put it very bluntly. Uh, his people uh, attending his seminars would uh, get sleep deprived. Mm. They would be, well, fasting. They would be starved. They would have food with health. Two red flags, great. Uh, he would get them to do fire walking glass walking uh he had his own version of sweat lodge ceremonies there was a game called the samurai game that sounds dangerous sam i wouldn't want to write the health and safety risk assessment for that no you would not uh so i did take note of uh from the samurai game website are we going to play the samurai game right now sam we're not no uh so the quote from i'll put this sword away then the Samurai Game website uh, says, Participants in the Samurai Game cross a psychological line and step into the unfamiliar simulated world of the medieval Japanese samurai. They form two competing samurai armies and engage with their teammates and opponents in symbolic battles that eventually determine the simulation's finale. These battles call upon participants to exercise resourcefulness, decisiveness, dignity, integrity, respect and personal commitment. The pace is fast and unpredictable, and the outcomes are highly uncertain. No two productions of the simulation are ever quite the same, making each learning experience unique. 
Whilst involving no significant physical contact, the samurai game demands much in the way of centeredness and teamwork. Participants are encouraged to summon forth their warrior spirit with courage and determination. LARPing? He's just talking about LARPing. LARPing, yeah. But LARPing... Slightly culturally appropriated LARPing. Slightly. Um, So he would also make people watch The Last Samurai in these seminars? Boy, Tom Cruise is getting a lot of shout-outs in this episode not about the kittens, isn't he? (laughs) Um, Sometimes people would always also be encouraged to shave their heads. Um, and he did also practice uh, what he said was holotropic breathwork. But the creator of holotropic breathwork asked him to stop because he was doing it wrong. Yeah. Uh, so there's a, a video of a, a lady that used to work for him on YouTube. And I can't remember her name. And if you're listening, lady, I'm sorry, so lady. very sorry. Uh, but she was saying that they were literally just <sighs> for two hours. Like, that's a... That's a long time to... (laughs) That fast, that's what she was doing on the video. Uh, Not very nice. No. Snotty. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry for that disgusting ASMR you got there, listeners. Also, I bet doing that for two hours you really do trip balls. Yeah. And, but also, like, it must hurt. (laughs) Plus, I would imagine... Join our Patreon listeners and you're... (laughs) No, we're not going to do that. What I was stopping myself from saying, Sam, was I would imagine in the motivational speaking sales world, there's quite a lot of cocaine abusers, and I would imagine it's really hard for them. And just halfway through, your septum disappears. <laughs> oh. Title of your sex <laughs> Oh, no. So, in 2003... Uh, James Arthur Ray runs the first of his annual retreat, annual retreat, uh, Spiritual Warrior, which happened in uh, Angel Valley, Arizona. So Angel Valley is like um, a, I, from what I could see, it was sort of like a business that would host spiritual meetings. Uh, okay, so like if a you venue. had a, yeah, like a venue, but specifically for, for spirituality to happen. Is that a thing? Um, He called his staff who assisted him on on the spiritual warrior retreats his dream team. You're my dream team, Sam. So, um... Nothing, listeners. Not even a response. Thank you. I was just reading my notes. Oh, you're my dream team. No, it's too late. No, it's too late. Yeah, the moment's passed. Uh, That's the end of the podcast. Thank you, listeners. Goodbye. Um, so these retreats would go on for kind of four or five days. Um, people would regularly go back to his events as well. So you might go for a, you know, a two day event at Disneyland and then go, oh, my God, that was amazing. I love him so much. I'm going to go for a week in Arizona. Have you ever been to Disneyland, Sam, or Disney? I've been to Disney World. I haven't been to Disneyland. OK. Why? I just I just haven't. I'd quite like to. It's it is a it's an experience. It's a it's really a thing. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about this later. Yes, I'm so sure that's some not of the, what this podcast yeah. is about. Listeners, if you've got any fun Disney stories that involve weird cult-like behaviour, please send them in. Oh, God, I bet there is. Yeah, definitely. So uh, just going to go into a couple more of his little like spiritual practices. Um, so in the samurai game, <laughs> he would be present, he would be wearing white robes, and he would be God, and no one was allowed to speak to God. And his dream team wore black robes and they were the angels of death. And they were allowed to speak to God. Sam is, is acting her freaking socks really off in ge- acting this for me, here, listeners. <laughs> just gesturing wildly with Powerful. one arm. <laughs> Moving. Um, so, yeah, so that's a, as a fun little uh, idea of what he the way he ran his seminars. Yeah, absolutely. Goodness. Um, people, like participants in these in these retreats would also, like, say, like... You learn very quickly. You do not question James Arthur Ray. Uh, some other fun little totally chill thing for a cult leader to say. He's not a cult leader, but that's that's our catchphrase. Uh, the vegetarians, so maybe you can speak Hello. to this. Yep. Uh, you're not very grounded because of a lack of protein. I, I have enough protein because protein is not exclusive to animal products. Yeah. Um, so at his retreats, the food they would provide would often be vegetarian food because he said that you were off your game if you were eating vegetarian food. You weren't focused properly. So he wanted people to be off kilter and not quite feeling... Oh, weird. Mm. That's such an odd 
sort of point of view or way to frame yeah. something. This is sort of bad for you, but I'm going to make you do it. Yeah, because then that benefits me. Sounds like they all Not needed me. to go to the Red Fork Steakhouse. <laughs> um, so speaking of Disneyland, 2005. Ooh. For some reason, that really made me laugh, Chris, because I'm sorry. <laughs> you got the clunk of my... Cider. Um, cider bottle. Um, shout out to Alex, who gave this to me. It's uh, Ocean Cider. With a picture of a seahorse on the front, which is nice. It's Ocean Cider, I hardly delicious. knew her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so at Disneyland, he's having one of these. He's, he's having a two-day seminar there. Um, at Disneyland? At Disney World, So yeah. Disney World let him book to run seminars. Yeah, so there? you can run events there. They have, like, uh, like... Um, venues that you can you can hire oh, wow. and then your participants can come for those few day like few hours of meetings and then they get to explore the parks and have fun at um, some point if we're ever big enough listeners yeah to have a, a conference <gasps> or meetup we'll do it at disney world that's our goal join our patreon get join us to disney patreon world stretch goal <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, disneyland no. paris maybe yeah um, i'm sure our three french listeners and we love you We'll really Bonjour. appreciate that. <laughs> That's I finished doing French mm, fifteen years ago. I'm really sorry, French listeners. All that I remember uh, is stuff now like <laughs> hier soir je lave la pelouse. Yesterday evening I washed the lawn, and <laughs> j'ai visité ton grand-mère. I had sex with your grandmother. <laughs> oh no! Because if you want to say I visited, you have to say j'ai. Rendu visite, oh. ton or mon grandmère. But if you visite. just say visit, it's like I, I visited your oh. grandmother. Oh no! I mean, she, you know, and my those I probably remembered wrong, French listeners. So I'm really sorry if I've just butchered your native tongue. Feel free to at John about that. <laughs> um, so as part of this uh, seminar at Walt Disney World. Uh, they decided to do a, a martial arts inspired board breaking exercise, like where you use your hand and yep. you, uh, for want of a better phrase, like karate chop a board. Mm-hmm. So uh, a female participant tried and failed to break a board because she did not have proper training or experience. Um, so then Ray kind of shouted at her and got her to carry on and have another go and have another go. She broke her hand. And she broke. Multiple bones in her hand. Later on in in two thousand and five, uh, oh, speaking of French, Verde Valley, ooh, ooh, uh, in Arizona, fi- the fire department in Arizona uh, responded to an emergency call that a forty two year old man had fallen unconscious after exercises at a spiritual retreat run by James Arthur Ray, if that was not implied by it being included in this. I'm just decided in the middle yeah. of this to just Someone do some else. news updates. Someone else got hurt once. Um, in 2006, The Secret was released. Oprah decided to put all these, you know, uh, participants on, like, uh, contributors to The Secret on her programme, interview mm. them all. Uh, and this, like, made James Ray's business rocket so between like 96 and 2006 it was fairly slow and he was getting money from these corporate jobs and from word of mouth from these things but now he was on oprah so now he had the sign off oprah if you're listening oh i don't think you have a show anymore but we will happily be featured in any of your media (laughs) output can we just be in the one where you yell everyone gets a car and then we get a car yeah yeah well that was yeah of course (laughs) not just to watch other people (laughs) All Sam's ever dreamed of is watching other people receive transportation. (laughs) Um, So something else that happened in 2006 was at his uh, spiritual warrior retreat that year, um, participants were asked to uh, place the point of an arrow against the soft part of their necks and then lean their weight on it uh, as a, I guess, sort of like, like walking on glass, that sort of like meditating not getting killed thing um but you know someone got hurt the arrow snapped and stabbed a man in the eyebrow john just did some uh, hand gestures trying to work out the logic of a a snapped arrow hurting an eyebrow off from the neck but you know a slip 
Um, where am I going next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, other bad shit goes on in the meantime, but mm-hmm. we're going to uh, pop to 2009 now. Remember? What a year. The year I moved away from home. 2009. What was I... <laughs> oh, I think that's when I started teaching in a secondary school. Ugh. Nope. Um, so there was, he had a, a two-day seminar in San Francisco. Uh, um, participants were told to hand over their valuables, including their mobile phones and wallets. And the uh, exercise for this seminar was to behave like as a homeless person might or an unhomed person uh so they had no id they had no money they had nothing they were just told to like go out in this shopping center and and experience what life must be like for for the unhomed oh that's so patronizing yeah uh a participant called colleen conway uh jumped to her death from the fourth floor of this shopping center holy shit yeah so she was you know, obviously in a bad place, yeah. and this happening... Made her much worse. God. Yeah. Um, James Arthur Ray's employees phoned Colleen Conway's phone, leaving messages looking for her. You remember I said a minute ago that they took all their phones away? So they'd left messages, Colleen, where are you? We're looking for you. And six hours later, they phoned the police to say that she'd been hurt. Um, Colleen was labelled a Jane Doe because James Arthur Ray's staff had her wallet and they didn't hand it over until a few days later. But they must have known, right? Because they were all there and around or they would have known she was missing. they dispersed. They left the shopping centre and then called it in. Yeah. Yeah, that's horrible. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to just spring on the... No, I knew it was coming. Yeah, you were prepared. You don't know anything yet. You wait. You wait. I'm waiting. We're waiting, aren't we, listeners? I was going to just leave some silence, but I got too uncomfortable. Um, So I'm going to just go into a little bit more detail about the spiritual warrior retreats, because that is where we are going to spend the rest of the episode. Oh, no. So these retreats are five days long. Do you want to have a little guess at how much it costs to go on one of these retreats? Five days. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh... To $2,000. Average of like uh, f- between 50 and 75 participants each time. 2000 do you think? I'm trying to think about like equivalent five-day courses mm. like that here. There are some reasonably local to us that I've yeah. occasionally been tempted by. Not any of this sort of the nonsense we're describing, <laughs> but like interesting yeah. things. Yeah, I reckon about two grand. Okay, 10 grand. <laughs> 10 grand to go and learn... Um, how to be a spiritual warrior. Who has the the money for this sort of... I mean, people who are desperate do. I guess so. It's and people just who are trying to, you know, say you've put aside amounts. some money to open, to start a business and you want to yeah, do a business management course. Yeah, or you've got savings course. or you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Goodness, that's so much money. Mm-hmm. Wow. Or you're in a job that you hate and you want to go and work for yourself, but you've, yeah, yeah. you've got the money to go and... Uh, jizz up the wall. Uh, so participants were all made to sign waivers to... You know, Red flag number eight million. Yeah. Um, so the the price would include food, but I did some more air quotes there because food would often be withheld. Um, he would send his participants out on what he called vision quests, mm-hmm. which is where they were just made to uh, scatter in the Arizona desert um, and wait there all night and meditate with no food or water. It's four days, right? Normally a um, vision quest. Uh, well, five. The retreat was five days, so yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which can be, I guess, an interesting experience, but normally is done with lots of support and provision, which I yeah. imagine we're going to find out is not the case here. Uh, what led you to that conclusion, John? Because this podcast isn't called "Nice Versions nice of Spiritual folks. Practices Run by Nice People." <laughs> the Church of England Fates of the Two Thousand. <laughs> Um, So in 2009, October the 8th, after a vision quest, Ray announced to the participants that they would be doing a sweat lodge ritual that would be hotter than hell. Um, I've written in my notes, John sweat lodges. So you've done some sweat lodges before, right? I've done 
four yeah. sweat lodges now, I think. So I've never done one, but I have. Uh, be, so the first year I went to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, I went to a play that was written about this guy. Oh, that was set okay. in a sweat lodge. Um, so he, Ray said that he'd uh, taken his you know, way, his practice to run this sweat lodge from uh, Native American tradition. Mm-hmm. They it's said lo- it's mainly a Lakota tradition, I believe. Yeah. Um, they said, no, 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 this isn't. That's not how we do it. Yeah. Uh, so for Native Americans, uh, tribal elders will coach the uh, the leaders of sweat lodges for years before they're allowed to run a sweat lodge alone. Um, they these elders will teach them the spirituality, but also the like basic safety, how to run a sweat lodge. So a usual ceremony, and please correct me if I'm wrong, this is information from the internet, um, would usually involve two or three rounds of between 15 and 40 minutes inside a humid tent that is heated uh, between 150 and 180 Fahrenheit or 65 to 80 degrees Celsius, followed each round followed by a little cool down outside before mm-hmm. you go back in. While inside, the leader would guide in uh, meditation and spiritual guidance and typically a lodge holds five to ten people does that sound about right yeah that's about the same as so i've um i've sort of experienced two slight variations of it one which is more based on the sort of mexican i'm going to pronounce this wrong tez tez markle um you you really lost confidence in the middle of that yeah i did (laughs) i can't remember now but it's similar um and that was by someone who'd been trained by a um South American um, spiritual practitioner. And then most of the other ones that I've done have been led by a wonderful uh, uh, sort of elder from the Matisse uh, nation. And yeah, that's been about the about the same. So yeah, two, three or sometimes four rounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, normally I, when I've done them, about 20 minutes each maybe. Cool. But with the the option to be out and take breaks in between. Yeah. I've got, I've got to say, listeners... If you get the chance to do one with responsible people and you're interested, it's even if you don't buy into the spiritual aspects of it as a process and as an experience, there's something really interesting and positive about it in my personal experience. Yeah. But with both of the, with Mel and with Sandy leading lodges, there's so much about safety briefing. They're so constantly aware of looking after people so good at checking in on people and making sure that people can have breaks and step out in those gaps if they need to and making sure that everything with the fire and the water and the stones and that they're the right stones so that they don't break and splinter in the heat. Sure. All of that stuff is just, yeah, so carefully looked after. Yeah. Um, Oh, I don't like where this is going. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, if a typical lodge holds five to ten people, that's not big enough for James Arthur Ray. Remember, he's got 56 people at this retreat. So he demanded that a lodge was built to hold 75 people. So that is a picture of the lodge that James Arthur Ray had built, which I'll pop on our Instagram. And I would say, and I'm, it's hard to guess the scale in this photo, but the lodges that I've been in that have had, I guess, eight to ten people were probably maybe half that size. But yeah. that means people are packed. From the photo Sam has just shown me, if there were seventy something people in that, they were packed in tightly, which is, yeah, not doesn't look like a good time. No. Um. So these uh these participants have just finished this vision quest. They've been allowed to have some water and a vegetarian breakfast, so they're off balance, as is uh. James Arthur Ray's design. Just have a few Linda McCartney sausages, you'll be fine. They're really nice as well. You know what? I used to be absolutely obsessed with the Linda McCartney sausage rolls, the ones that you bake yourself in the oh, oven. Oh, yeah, they're lush. Oh, mm, mm. I want to get some. Other good... Cauldron, that's also another good brand of veggie sausage. Oh, the sausages, they're yeah. They're lush. Mm. So, uh, Other outside... sausages are available. <laughs> outside the sweat lodge, uh, attendees later said that Ray had told them, you are not going to die. You might think you are, but you're not going to die. Each attendee should listen to their body. Anyone could leave if necessary, but those seeking a higher level of consciousness should complete the experience. They needed to surrender to death to survive it. So, so careless. So irresponsible. Does that sound like anything familiar that you've had at the 
at the start of a sweat lodge that you've been to? No, no. no. And no. I've got to say, you know, there's a, a point at which it is uncomfortable. It is really hot. And there are things you can say, so like you can move closer to the ground so that it's cooler. Mm-hmm. And you can, you know, if you're, we were always told if it's too hot or if you're in any difficulty, then just let let the person leading the lodge know and you'll yeah. be allowed out straight away. So there was so, yeah, there was so much care taken for that because you sort of, yeah, you part of the experience is that you get to this point of, of heat and you're in total darkness and there's drumming and singing so it's quite an intense physical experience yeah, and then I bet. what's great about it is that then you when you have that moment of sort of going back out into the light and into the normal temperature it really mm-hmm. you know the idea is that it simulates being born again that's the sort right. of the metaphor of it and and that's great and that means you feel quite great afterwards you get yeah. quite a good endorphin kind of hit i guess but yeah there was always so much care and organization for people's safety mm. mm-hmm. i wonder you know, if you're going to hear about any of this <laughs> so a like the next hottest sweat lodge that ray had ever done used 30 hot stones so as john just mentioned uh, a usual sweat lodge is heated by hot stones that are a specific type um, and the leader of the lodge will pour a small amount of water over the stones using a ladle, and that's what creates the steam, which was what makes it sweaty. Yep. Correct? Yep, absolutely. And I think, I don't know, I think before when I've done it, it's normally seven stones around. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, because it's for the four directions, north, south, east, and west. Right. Father Sky, Mother Earth, and then another one that I can't. And then Remember, is that uh, seven, uh, seven. cousin environment? <laughs> yeah, that's now uh, canon and fact. Uh, so Ray had a um, hundred hot stones prepared for this sweat lodge. John just rolled his eyes so hard his head fell backwards, um, and uh, he started off with he started off with I think twelve stones, and then added added more each round instead of a. Uh, pouring water from a ladle he would just dump the water straight from a bucket so it created a big big plume of steam so participants got inside this lodge everyone snuggled up quite close together people talk about kind of leaning on each other's knees and sitting with sort of slight physical contact with each other Um, immediately those furthest from the door struggled to breathe most of what I'm about to say comes from the uh, testimony of Debbie Mercer, who was one of the dream team. She was one of the members of staff. Debbie had been hired to stand by the door and to be the person that passed in the hot stones when Ray called for them. Okay, so, I've, I've done that job. Cool. I had nice. to be, and Sam knows how awkward my hand-eye coordination <laughs> can be. I had to take a like a gardening fork with these big red hot stones on them and then balance it, it in Ooh. bring it in <laughs> yeah place it in the whole yeah lots feels like lots of responsibility but i bet you did but your I did very it. best I had no no accidents no well missteps <laughs> um so after the second round of uh stones being passed in 12 people weren't allowed out between rounds by the way they just opened the door and let a flap of air in 12 of the 50 of uh, 56 people left the tent um a person collapsed at the door and was dragged away people inside had fainted and were dragged outside um there was a woman outside just screaming and screaming and staff were saying no it's okay you can go back in and they were trying to like push this woman back into the into the lodge when debbie mercer stepped in and said no she's done she like she can't go back in you can't put her back in a, a man inside trying to get out to the door and a uh, little warning for gore right here um, in the dark fell into the pit with the hot stones inside and so uh, and they hit his arm and his shoulder and he badly burnt and scalded his arm so he came outside the tent with his skin falling off he was screaming he was going to die it was getting dark and Ray, from, from still inside the lodge, was saying, you're more than that. It's a good day to die. It's a good day to die. Oh, psychopath. Uh, a member of the Dream Team immediately wrapped a towel around this man's arm, which is not how you deal with burns. No. Mercer said, no, no, no. Together. Tipped cold water over it, removed the towel, let this let this man keep his arm in, in water. 
Um, in the third round, someone said, like, I need to go to the toilet. Where do I, what do I do? Can I go? And he said, no, you just do it there. So he was encouraging, right? So you then sat in a room with, like, hot piss. That's just, I mean, for all the other terrible things happening here, that's just a bit icky, isn't it? Yeah, like, that's an extra layer of, oh, now I also smell piss. Like, bad, isn't it? Um, so I said Ray, Ray had, like, stayed inside the lodge between all these rounds. And that's because he was sitting by the door, so he had the access to any air that was going past. Um, he also had the buckets of water, which we, he would use to cool himself. My understanding as well, if you're leading the lodge, is that mm. you should be sat opposite the mm. door and mm. leading the ceremony from across there and mm. having the water passed to you. Mm. Not for this person. I'm starting to think the cunt doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, yeah. So he was constantly, like, when people were saying, I need to get out, I need to get out, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, he was saying, no, you've got to stay. So I said, I saw a play that was this guy, and it was great. Um, so we were sat, they built a little uh, tent into the in this room, and it's the Fringe Festival, everyone's, it, you know, it wouldn't be in the age of corona but those were the days uh so everyone's sitting around and there was a, an actor playing james ray yelling at all of us there were people who are featured in this in this um it's not a story but in this telling of the events yep. account um yeah thank you um and it was it was amazing and um, obviously it wasn't heated in any way because that's that's unsafe to do when you're not a practitioner but it was hot with all the people in there mm. and us all touching each other and and the yelling and the the like performance energy and stuff it was a very cool sounds very good yeah so after the eighth round this sweat lodge was finally over eight rounds as well jeez mercer describes it as absolute chaos people were like dragging each other out of the lodge. People were going back inside to help other people get out of the lodge. Uh, Ray just quietly and calmly walked out and went and sat in his chair and watched the chaos happen. People were fainting, people were exhausted, people were unwell. 15 minutes after participants had started to leave, uh, there was a doctor, um, Dr Beverly Bunn, I think is her name, who said that they were, she'd been like, Pairing people up inside to help them breathe, and Goodness. she was so she was a she was a doctor who was taking part in this. I think she was an obstetrician, um, and so trying to make sure that people were you know medically yeah. healthy. She and it's was, it's tricky because because it's steam right, so it's quite uh, I don't know what the word is. It's not I guess it's not difficult to breathe, but it feels really difficult to breathe. Yeah, you're breathing in. You sort water of have to psychologically well, just train yourself that actually. It's okay, you can breathe, but it yeah. feels like it's difficult to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Goodness. Um, so 15 minutes after participants had started to leave, Mercer and, and Dr. Doctor Beverly Bunn were doing head counts and saying, like, okay, 45, 46. They were missing people. How do you even keep track of that? That's the other dangerous thing about it, right? Yeah. You just can't keep track of how everyone's doing when you've yeah. got that many people. Yeah, how can one person... Not, one person can't facilitate a whole group like that. No. Unless you perhaps have some sort of arrogance. Yeah. Um, so Mercer looked inside the lodge and saw three people laying on the ground near the back of the room. It was too hot for her to walk in through the front. And so she ran round to the back of the lodge and said to, said to James Ray, like, I've got to open the back. And he's like, well, just do it. Just do whatever. Didn't care what, why. Um, so she ran around the back of the lodge and she was trying to pull away the bricks to remove the tarpaulin and she couldn't and she was so there just were bricks as well. So like to, to to build it to build the the structure, um, they'd like weighed weighed the back down. Goodness. To keep it, I guess like a hot box in there. Um, so she started yelling for help. Her daughter, who was another member of the staff, came over and helped her and they moved everything out of the way and they lifted up the back and they went inside and they saw these three people laying on the ground. Three of them, they weren't breathing and two of them had no pulse. They dragged these folks out of the uh, sweat lodge and um, Mercer immediately called the ambulance. She'd noticed Ray was on his phone as well, but there was no evidence of him having made a 911 call. Okay. Kirby Brown, a 37-year-old spiritual seeker, was airlifted to a nearby hospital and pronounced dead on arrival. James Shaw, a 40-year-old musician, had helped someone out of the lodge and had gone back in to help Kirby. 
he was then found wow. holding her hand in the sweat lodge and he was also pronounced dead on arrival. Uh, a third participant, Liz Newman, was found comatose and was instantly taken to hospital. So investigators arrived and went and questioned Ray. Um, but by the time they'd arrived, he'd put a note on his door saying he was un unavailable due to prayer and meditation. What he'd actually been doing was he'd had a shower and had dinner um, and then caught up with the investigators later, had some preliminary questioning and then flew back to California. God. Wow. Mm. I don't like him, Sam. No. More than two dozen participants were taken to hospital. And uh, nine days later, uh, Ray is giving another seminar to his uh, group, which was the World Wealth Society group, which was an elite group of his followers uh, that, you know, it only cost £90,000 $90, a year to be a member of this group. Is that all? Only, yeah. I know what I'm getting you for Christmas, Sam. Thanks, mate. Can I just have the £90,000? $90, no. $90, no. Thanks. Um, so he'd just been leading these participants in dancing to a Black Eyed Peas song to shake off the sadness. One of his staff... <laughs> that's what he said. The quote was, shake off the sadness. That might be the whitest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of his um, staff came on stage and gave him the news that Liz Newman, uh, the comatose... Um, victim of this sweat lodge had died of organ failure in hospital Liz had been a long time follower of Ray and had given him more than $100,000 over the years um, Ray's reaction to this news was nothing yeah, in the seminar psychopath. Yeah. Um, so throughout so this happened in, in early October October the 9th Happy anniversary of this sweat lodge fuckery. Um, so throughout sweat lodge fuckery, good band name. Yeah, throughout October, uh, that October lawsuits had been brought against Ray for um, like uh, negligence, endangerment. Um, the the person who'd suffered the burns, you know, all these people looking for some compensation. Yeah, the sheriff's office. That's really hard to say. Um, the sheriff's office. After the death of, of Liz Newman, made made it a homicide investigation based on the deaths of, of Newman, Brown and uh, James Shaw. James Ray was arrested in February of 2010 and bond was set at $5 million. His lawyers argued for it to be lowered and it was to $525,000. And so he paid it and was released two weeks later on his own recognizance. Three lawsuits were settled out of court before uh, James Ray's criminal trial, um, adding up to more than three million. So part of that went to the person, uh, I think his name was Sydney with Burns. And his criminal trial began on May the 1st, 2011. So bear in mind, he'd uh, been part of the deaths of three people yeah. in October of 2009. His criminal trial, he's out starts at May on May the 1st 2011 there were 34 witnesses there were 43 days of testimony and James Ray is found guilty of negligent homicide but not guilty of manslaughter is that because he hadn't directly caused their death I see okay but he had allowed those deaths to happen that sounds harsher though doesn't it negligent homicide rather yeah. than manslaughter okay um do you want to guess how much prison time he was sentenced to? Not enough, I'm willing to bet. Yeah, guess and it's less. Two years. Two years, you were exactly right. He was sentenced to two years. Our psychic connection is growing stronger, Sam. Yes. Uh, he served 18 months of his two-year sentence and was released in 2013. Yep. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um Kirby Brown's parents uh, formed an organisation called Seek Safely. It encourages spiritual leaders to pledge to this this um, organisation to protect the well-being of their participants. So now this the, the victim of this negligent homicide, her parents are, are trying to protect anyone else yeah. from going through this again. So if you go to their website, you can see a list of 
spiritual leaders, if you are looking for someone, you can see which ones practice safely and have agreed, not not by any legal terms, but just morally yeah. gone to this organization and gone, I will protect the people that come to. And I think that's the that's the thing. And I, I now feel very grateful for the for the elders and leaders of the lodges that I've been part of. But yeah. I think that's uh, like anybody who is, uh, you know, doing practices like that or vision questing or um, sort of wilderness vigils, I guess, which are similar. If they're if they're legit then yeah. they will take all of that into account and they will tell you how they're dealing with that and they will tell you how you're going to be safe. Mm-hmm. Listen to your gut listeners if you're involved in any of that and if at any point you feel unsafe or uncertain, that's a sign that they're You can they're always leave. seriously. Yeah. Um, wow. So, uh, you know, he served a full 18 months. He says a lot of bullshit about his time in jail. He And that's my personal opinion. He said it's unfair and he was angry at God and why did this have to happen to him? But it definitely, the more you hear, it definitely sounds like he's got some kind of personality disorder, right? I'm not a trained medical person, but all of that feels... Quite, yeah. quite personality quite disorder telling, yeah. tendencies, yeah. So um, what is a a former motivational speaker to do on leaving prison? Um, keep your mouth shut, do some charity work to repay your debt to society and, yeah. you know, never do anything so dangerous again. Yeah, I mean, that, that does sound uh, ideal, but what if you just become a motivational speaker again? Oh, what man. if you relaunch your self-help career? Oh. Um, James Ray refuses to sign the Seek Safely pledge. Obviously. Um, he also had, uh, upon his um, release from prison, the same media representation as, uh, quote, journalist Piers Morgan. Um, in 2000... Cunts of a feather flock together. <laughs> he was interviewed on, on Piers Morgan's uh, TV programme when he had it in the States before they rightly got rid of him again. Um, in 2016, CNN made a documentary about James Ray, uh, Enlighten Us, The Rise and Fall of James Arthur Ray, in which he says, It had to happen because it was the only way I could experience and learn and grow through the things that I've done. You come out of a situation like this and you're either bitter and angry or you're more awake and grateful. And I choose awake and grateful, and I choose to see it as a test of character and a test through fire. And I think I did okay. Oh, I really hate this man. Yeah. Horrible fucking narcissist. Yeah. In a minute, I'm going to show you a picture and you're also going to hate him because he's just got one of those faces. And that's personal opinion. That's not libel. Ugh. Our lawyer. Oh, I can't remember what name did we give our Barry? definitely real Gary. lawyer. No, it was a... Carl? It was a Travis. Female lawyer last time, wasn't it? Sharon. Barbara? Sharon? Oh, yeah, Sharon is Barbara's assistant. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, so, in case you were wondering what uh, James Arthur Ray is up to now, so you know exactly where to avoid, um, <laughs> him and his wife run the Prometheus Academy for Leaders from their home in Nevada. If you would like to sign up for classes, prices start at $497. And that is for 21 days of virtual coaching with Ray, as well as some PDFs and access to a members-only forum. Oh, hold up. You get some PDFs. Totally worth it. Some PDFs. What? Uh, $13.97 a month gets you access to four monthly live Q&A sessions with Ray. You also get the PDFs and access to the members-only forum. Or... And John, this is maybe this is what you could get me for Christmas. For the low, 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 low price of only ten thousand dollars, you get twelve online coaching sessions with James Ray. They can be taken monthly, one per month. You get some workbooks and journals. Great. You also get some PDFs and access to a members-only forum. And the best bit is that you get a private email address to ask James Ray questions. I mean, I've got some fucking questions to ask this guy, but... Mm -hmm. uh, they mainly talk about the five C's. Clarity, creation, challenge, collaboration and commitment. I can think of another C they could add to the end of that list. Goodness me. That's it. So that's what they're up to. So I got... The fucking 
balls of it to go back to that without any kind of yeah acknowledgement or mea culpa just making it all about oh it's all part of my own spiritual fucking journey mm-hmm. and reading his website uh the only mention of this fuckery is the terrible crises that i mentioned in the beginning um so all my research came from uh number one wikipedia of course for the outline um uh, cnn videos on youtube videos of the actual criminal trial james arthur ray's website and there was a brilliant brilliant article um which i reference heavily by matt stroud on the website the verge so thank you mr stroud for that so that's it john i'm surprised you haven't heard of him before i've heard of um i think i've heard of the the sweat lodge incident and i've heard of other sweat lodge incidents like it but i don't think i ever knew his name or or very much about him and it is just yeah it is just tragic because as as i say genuinely i have found the experiences of doing that practice really positive yeah and for someone to abuse that practice in that way especially given you know where that practice comes from um is really yeah is really sad and really offensive and really horrible yeah, there's there's no um, no fun to be had there. Is there? Mm. It's just it's just uh, grossly uh, negligent and dangerous yeah. and arrogant. Do you want to see him? Yeah. Here we go. This is a picture of him. Oh. Oh yeah, he has a very punchable face. <laughs> uh, we'll pop these pictures up on the. On the Instagram, etc. So, listeners, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you want to 